ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome into another edition of Infection Podcast. My name is Nick Craig. You can follow me on social media, on Twitter specifically, at Nicholas M. Craig, or check out my website, nickcraig.com. We covered the latest ongoings in and around the video game and technology industry with a little bit of uh, polit- political stuff kind of sprinkled in here and there, depending on what is going on. Our website is infectionpodcast.com. Joining me as always... Where apparently it snowed this morning in yeah. late April. Welcome to Idaho. Brian with the it Idaho is, Aldrich. Is what a disaster. And, it's, and it was still almost t-shirt weather here. So it just depends what you're using. 43 is not t-shirt weather. Hey, if, once it hits 50, I can walk around. And 43 it. is not 50. Okay. Yeah. It was a <laughs> 43 is optimal closer today. to 40 than it is 50, Brian. If it was like <laughs> 48 or 49, I'd give you 50. But not at 43. Yeah. I know. Yeah, it is a little chilly. But if, <laughs> hey, if you want to find me, give me at Voice Computer on Twitter or at Brian Aldridge on Gab, Getter, Truth Social, Parlor. I don't know if you saw this. Parlor's pretty much shut down. Yeah, and that got amazing. Acquired. They got acquired and then they pulled down, pulled them down. So uh, I don't know. They, they have a statement on their website of what they're going to do or what they're doing. But what is it without a platform where you post things? Like, I, I don't know what they acquired it for other than to shut it down. It's just kind of an odd. I don't think there was like a bunch of code behind it that was really that good. No, yeah, it was a another attempt at a, another attempt at creating a social media equivalent that turned out to be a bunch of nothing. Yeah. So, anyways, so that's available. Uh, everything but uh, but parlor now. So check it out. Yeah. All right. Don't don't well, jump off uh, the clip, Brian. I, I promise it'll be okay. <laughs> Let's follow up on what happened last week. Uh, we talked about, and it was this was all very new. This was things that yes. kind of was suspicious. But somebody had posted, if you remember, for or you watched, uh, they had posted Ukraine war plans documents that are supposed to be very secret, very high level. Um, and it was posted by this was he 20, 21 year 21. old, yeah, twenty year old uh, Air National Guardsman. So, uh, yeah, and this is pretty crazy. This is something that that I figured would be somebody like this, you know, as far as just be a, a young person. Um, but I didn't expect, and the fact that it was on Discord. But uh, if you look, one thing that I found interesting, if you go down to where Christian Trebert says, uh, a breakthrough in our investigation came when the team identified a steam profile in Airman, uh, in his name, that led to an Instagram profile with photos of the exact location where leaked docs were photographed, a kitchen countertop in his child's home. And if you look, they have the apparent match, and you can see these from two angles, just a slight little blotch. And that's supposedly how they matched up and were able to say, hey, this is the same person who took a picture on this countertop of uh, this document versus there's a picture of him just you know, walking in his kitchen from Instagram. That is pretty crazy. Uh, supposedly a distinctive pattern, but I would assume they took a list of everybody who was in the Discord or who had ever been in the Discord, found their Steam profiles, tried yeah. to use that to find other social media that they may be at to narrow it down since they knew that there was a location that these pictures were taken. You know, he, If he was trying to be truly secretive, take it in a cardboard box <laughs> you know, that you found somewhere. Well, uh, not, not posting it in your home. Can I, uh, 
I'm going to throw you on the spot here because that's what happened to me on my illustrious radio program uh, last week. <laughs> Somebody called in and uh, I got a text in about, well, you know, this guy is a whistleblower. And you, know, you use the term whistleblower with somebody like Edward Snowden, who was releasing government documents to expose the federal government for yeah. lying about various things. Jack Teixeira was posting in his OG thug something Minecraft server to try and sh to try and just show off to his friends. Yeah. He was not attempting to expose anything. He was exactly. trying to get social me he was trying to get cred on social media because that's what social media has done to young people myself included it has encouraged yeah. us to want to get the likes get the comments it's done this to us You're it's the craziest thing us. the, the thing yeah. that's gonna get you noticed whatever will get me noticed that's why he was doing this man is no whistleblower this man is no edward well, yeah. snowden at least from my vantage point but there's a lot of folks that say including uh, was it Marjorie Taylor Greene, the jackass that she is? She's like, well, this guy is a patriot for releasing these documents. This No, yeah. he's a jackass that thought that he was going to try and woo over some of his buddies by posting classified documents. And now he is going to deal with some significant jail time. And this is where I haven't heard it. I haven't really heard anything from WikiLeaks in a long time. But if he would have approached WikiLeaks or an organization like sure. it. Sure you know and said i have documents that i would like released in a way that can't be taken down so that the public can see it i don't want any personal credit what can i how can i get this information out in a way that that's not going to come tra tracking back to me if he would have approached them in that manner they would have given him all the steps to be able to get these documents to them in a way that's non-incriminating uh to where they could have been posted and published uh on on their website or something like that and the information would have been released. Yes. He did it, as you said, in a very, uh, a gamer's small little discord <laughs> and was just posting highly classified documents there with no real commentary on, uh, I, well, I don't know what the commentary was, but I, I haven't seen a manifesto or any kind of a statement from anybody uh, linked to this saying that he was trying to make it known that, you know, the, the America was in an unjust war or, or or America's doing anything that he finds to be offensive. Yes. And, and as you said, I, I came to the exact same kind of conclusion, purely doing this because, hey, I'm going to post something really cool. Look at this, what I have, uh, and, and posting something you know that well, other people don't have access to. Nissan Communications puts in, look, it worked for him. Now we're talking about him, Brian. So I guess it's the goal is to get a little. <laughs> it's a big a deal. <laughs> to get a little bit of cred. Uh, yeah, we're talking about him. And we're, we're one of the biggest deals out there. Uh, so he was uh, the FBI. By the way, this this little thing right here, and I'm glad you pointed this out in the pre-show. Anytime that the government tells you that we have no idea who is responsible for this or, oh, my God, we can't figure this out. Just remember this tweet that they used something that looks like a phallic object, which on this guy's dining room table, the design of the marble that looks like a phallic object. They use this to trace this guy down and track like a him. one inch by one inch pattern. Not even an in inch. All... This yeah, is like I mean, this is like small. half an inch. This is like half, three little yeah. dots on a table. So a whole a total of a half an inch of a slight pattern in a generic tile or not tile but you know a countertop and they made a match on that to say this is the person who did it and you're, yeah and they and they can't track down all these well anyone antifa 
no, seems never. to go, you know, yeah. to, I mean, totally, you know, somehow have escaped the system and, and can't possibly, they've outsmarted everyone uh, or anybody related to uh, <laughs> to the Clintons. I mean, you name it. Yeah, <laughs> can't find any of them, but, but this guy, his countertop, you know, I mean, there was the guy who the Clintons knew that uh, we're going to testify about something and he ended up being found shot in a tree, somehow hung himself. You know, that guy. Wait, uh, no, he know, didn't. No, uh, hold on. You're going way too. He was right, shot. He, he and shot then he hung himself. himself. He shot himself in the back of the head twice. I mean, that's a yeah, totally twice. normal thing that you would while do. hanging himself, right? <laughs> yes. I mean, yes. <laughs> I mean, that there's nothing. I mean, nothing out of the ordinary. There can't track I, anything possibly. To I was at the gym this afternoon. You know, people were dropping barbells on their necks and dying constantly. It happens all the time when you just go to the gym. People dropped out of that constantly. There's nothing yeah. abnormal. So the next time the government tells you that, oh, we can't figure this out, or we don't, we have no leads. Hmm. They are. Let's go back to this liars. tweet and show yeah. show what ended up. Uh, so because people were because the one thing they made very clear is the is they knew before these news organizations started posting anything of like oh we think we know who it is they they knew who did this yes and that's where they and so you know who knows how they did it but there you go. Well, and the reason they did it, so this guy worked in IT, which I find rather interesting. So he was a uh, he, you know, he was a very, very low level guy. I mean, he was a twenty one year old Air National Guardsman. He was a new enrollee for all intents and purposes, working in IT and had access to presumably some sort of site where these briefings were being published or an email list where these things were being published on a daily basis. These joint chief reports that are you know briefed to the president and other folks every morning. Um, so that in itself is a huge problem from a yeah. security standpoint that now here, here's the reality, Brian, I worked in it, you worked in it, you owned your own small business. You had access to information. You had access probably to a lot of information. I, ha I can tell you, I had an incredible amount of access when I worked in, in the, my prior it field. Um, yeah. But there were there were audits and, and, and checks and balances of things that were going on. For example, you know, <clears throat> if you were if we, if anybody in our organization uh, started a large file transfer on any of our computers or any of our clients computers, it would send an email out and it would notify us. Hey, yeah, what's going on here? Yeah. For, not just from somebody leaking information. What if somebody's account gets compromised and somebody's trying to siphon data off of a user? Large data transfers. You know, there are things that can be done to verify, that, especially on a classified document that is not supposed to be released at all. If somebody downloads that document and then sends it to a printer, you think that yeah. might trigger an audit, a flag, a notification, a something so that folks would go, huh, there's this one user, Jay Teixeira, that every day is downloading this briefing and printing it. Let's, what's going on with him? Oh, he's a 21-year-old National Guardsman from Massachusetts? He probably has no reason to be looking at these. It's a, it's a, it's a huge security uh, oversight, at least from my vantage point, and um, it could have detrimental impacts for us and our allies. Well, and one thing that, one thing that I found interesting is how much of a show they made arresting him. Oh my God! Uh -huh. What a, I know? What a joke! I mean, they bring out fully armored, like of they're they're standing watch. The guys at corners of the vehicle, standing watch in case you know they they take fire from the local neighbors. I mean, <laughs> he looks like he's in an upscale home, you know, in, in some in wherever. I, I'm not sure exactly where they said he was from. Um, doing a little bit of pre-reading before he gets. <laughs> I mean, he's sitting there reading his Bible. 
Oh yeah, well, I'm sure he was. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure he was trying to figure out what what he's going to do next. <laughs> yeah, and if you look, like they're bringing out military vehicles. I mean, look yeah. at this. They've got a guy standing point there, keeping an eye out, you know, in case the neighbors come over the hill with their rifles. <laughs> I mean, really? I mean, is that really? They have the guy. They probably could have said, "Hey, we'll meet you at the door." Um. But the thing is, they want to discard. They want to make it look like a big deal. I mean, we it love is a the big government, deal to them. We love the government. But they, they want they, to they make it to where this, this showing all of this, that's how big of a deal this is to us. Look at all the military vehicles. Look at all the men in full body well, armor do, that came to arrest him. Well, but here's the, and here's the thing. They did the same crap with the former president. Right? They yeah. raided his house in the middle of the night over classified documents that they already knew where they were because they had visited. I mean, so this is yeah. this is the show, show of force. It's all yeah. show of force from the government to try and flex uh, against. Make against sure you the know public. that you yeah. you have to you, that you. Sh- the thing is, the government does want you to fear them. I mean, to a point because sure. and I and I understand would be that. The, what would be the purpose of of doing taxes if they did? There wasn't a level of fear there. What would be the purpose of even driving the speed limit or driving on the correct side of the road? There would be no purpose if there wasn't a level of fear because. Respect for common man isn't enough. I mean, look at the things that are happening in Chicago. <laughs> Respect for common man is not enough to keep a society together. There has to be a level of fear. Problem is when it gets too far, then you get to places like North Korea, you get to places like China, uh, where fear is, is the only thing left. Um, when they start discouraging having pride in your, because they keep saying nationalism, right? That's the thing that the left keeps on saying, oh, that's so scary. But having pride for your country back in the day, you know, during the cold war, when it was us versus Russia then. And we know you'd stand to pledge allegiance to your country every morning before school, all of this. Um, that's what the left is really pushing against, but that's the, that's a way that you can get your, your people to trust and follow government outside of fear. So yeah. why is the left pushing so hard to get rid of respect for your country and saying that that's a bad thing, and then fully only relying on fear as the method of controlling the citizens and population, where if you could get people to join together and join hand in hand, regardless of you know whether because wars tend to do that, that's what the 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 um, the war in the '90s that we went into with Bush, that everybody was standing behind it. There were all the the certain colored ribbons and all of this, the yellow ribbons standing behind them a war brings people together and kind of leaves politics to the door. Um, and that's probably why they're really trying to get us in a war so we can start uh, acting like we're all friends again, but you know, have respect for your country, have respect for your fellow man, have pride in your country, like this nationalism that they keep claiming is bad. And guess what? You won't need all the fear. Uh, it just, it drives me nuts that they try to demonize that so much. And then they start trying to create fear in cities and towns. Right. Uh, yeah. It's just, if I feel like, there's all a purpose to this madness, and they've been really pushing the fear part. I don't like that. I don't think that we should be fearing our government. No, we shouldn't. And uh, you know, in terms of fear, Brian, you've got an article in here from The Atlantic that I find so laughable. Um, <laughs> I know. I figured yeah. you'd love The Atlantic. So I had to it's not just the there. Discord leak. Group chats are the Internet's new chaos machine. And whoever, I don't, who, I don't, uh, The Atlantic is another one of these groups. Oh, no, they've got the person. Charlie Weisel. Let's Warzel. see who this Warzel. Let's Charlie see who Warzel. this guy is. He doesn't have a Twitter. He must have. Must have been banned off Twitter. Um, 
So oh, he's not he writes, on, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure he is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so he writes this article about how Donald Trump used group chats to get elected and so on and so forth and just goes on his diatribe about how group chats are so bad. Uh, and, you know, they're the new chaos of the Internet. And as I read through this, Brian, I thought, since you are my elder here, um, <laughs> yeah. as, as early as the Internet being the Internet, group chats have been an integral part of yeah. the Internet. They've always existed. Have they not? Well, that was the first thing I did. I remember in junior high, the first thing that I did to get on the Internet, because there wasn't people don't realize back in the mid 90s with the internet, it wasn't like, I'm going to go to Google and I'm going to find all these cool sites to keep me busy. I mean, there was hp.com. There was microsoft.com. I mean, there were big companies that existed. There wasn't just tons of stuff because it was new. Uh, the first <laughs> thing I did was go to MSN chat because there was an app on the computer. They didn't really, you know, web browsers, you didn't really go. I mean, there wasn't a ton of stuff to do at that point in time. So I jumped into... Uh, MSN chat and started chatting with people. And that was like my introduction to the internet. Then IRC rolls around and you realize the world is a depraved place because you do a, a channel <laughs> listing in one of the main IRC servers and everything is, is child porn and, and, and stuff that highly illegal, but they figured it was a place that was unpoliced and so they could get away with it. And they did for many years. It was years before they really started be tracking people. I mean, to catch a predator did it better than the government did back then. Um, yeah, yeah, and exactly. so, and so, you know, the, the chat has been the place. And, and the problem is chat is a, is a place where people go and we you know in our discord and they'll give their opinions. Uh, people generally back in the day, sure. You could be in a room and, and chatting with somebody and you figure it was private, but I can't imagine how anybody thinks that anything they do on the internet in a chat group is in any way private. Our Discord, well, I'm sure, it goes through some sort of a system that the government scans for hate speech or something at some point. Elon Musk was on Tucker Carlson's program last night. He's on tonight again, and he said that the federal government had access to everybody's direct messages on Twitter under the prior yeah. ownership. So, yeah, I yes. mean, the idea that any of this stuff is secret and private is, is ridiculous. I just you I remember, love the... Yeah. Do you remember when there were these Russian hacks? They were talking about the Russian hacks. Um, there was, uh, it was a summer where a number of, of hacks supposedly came out of Russia. We're not and talking so about 2016, the FBI, are we? Maybe, but they, they started, they came back with this report and they talked about how they had tracked down at this minute, this person in Russia at this computer connected to a VPN and then did this on the VPN. And they retraced minute by minute the steps of these hackers, supposedly, uh, when what they did. <laughs> and and the fact that they're connecting to VPNs with encryption, yet the government still knew every single step of what they were doing. And it, most people, if you don't realize, here in, in, in uh, Utah, for example, we have there's a data center there. Well, you live in Utah or all, Idaho? I live in Idaho, but oh. down south, just south of us, they have a data center that records all the track of traffic of incoming and outgoing things for the internet, out yeah. of, in and in and out of the country. So all traffic, they record every bit of data. And what do you think they do with these, these new computers, the, the supercomputers? They have the ability to decrypt traffic. They can give it a chunk of tra traffic, and they can, they can brute force it, figure out what it was, 
And I assume that's how they broke through these people's VPN connections that they were using to be able to say this is exactly what they were doing on the traffic of the internet that was coming into your United States. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So yeah. hacker man, check, hacker checking man. it all, it. hacking it, checking it all. I just, I love the outrage over uh, internet chat rooms and how they are the drag of society. And they're the new chaos agent that everybody is, yeah. uh, everything is dealing with that everybody is dealing with just more outrage from the Atlantic a place where, yeah, they're mad because it's a place that isn't highly censored by the second. Sure, you can get banned off of Discord, you can get banned off of places, sure. but generally it doesn't happen within five minutes of making a post, well, unlike how Twitter used to be. Yeah, They can't call the federal government and bitch and complain to somebody or use their friends in the government to bitch and complain to somebody to get something changed, which is what they can I do. I bet and you have that's changing in Discord network. now. Oh, it absolutely is. Discord is, is, I bet Discord you Discord is, is, is now... Yeah, and I bet you that this has brought it to the attention to where they're now fully integrated with the government to make sure, sure. you know, because the government probably said we could shut you down, or we could do whatever if you don't, if you don't. I'm sure that they are doing all the things that Twitter did that became exposed after Elon purchased it. I have a feeling that that's exactly how Discord's going now. The the only way to deal with things in the 21st century, Brian, is to meme them into existence. Elon Musk needs to purchase Discord. I I know they're not for sale. Elon needs to buy them, spin them into to company X with Twitter, and own the space. If he owned Twitter and Discord, Twitter, we would be Twitter unstoppable. As he likes to Twitter call it, yeah. as he call it. it would we'd be unstoppable if he owned Twitter and Discord. I mean, we would have literally yeah. freedom on these platforms, which would be great. So uh, we'll keep an eye up on this uh, guy, this uh, old uh, Jack DeShera fella. Uh, he'll be uh, he's dealing with some pretty significant jail time. I believe he's got another court appearance a little bit later on. Uh, this yeah. week, some the stuff make is an going. Example of them. They absolutely well, in regards to, and they should because there's a lot of young folks getting into the service, getting into they the don't military. The seriousness. They don't obviously not. This guy obviously thought that he was just joking around with his buddies. You know, a little bit of flex in here and there. You know, big dick contest of you know who's got more important jobs, so on and so forth. And it's come back and bit him in the ass. Um, so we'll yep. uh, we'll we'll continue to follow that. Sony, Brian, you've got a couple of different stories in our notes this week about our great friends at Sony who are uh, oh, yes. barely struggling for life. Um, they are yeah. looking at a couple of different things. The first, a handheld console, which is not new for Sony, the PSP. Yeah, the Vita, was, the PSP. Well, the, the Vita was not very successful. The PSP was yeah. incredibly successful in the early 2000s. Yeah. The Vita kind of missed the mark. And um, now they are looking at potentially jumping back into the handheld space, which right now is pretty exclusively owned by Nintendo. I mean, I know the Steam Deck yeah. is gaining some traction, and I know Logitech has their G Cloud and, and some of these other devices, but Nintendo owns handhelds. And they let's be honest, yeah. they have going back to the Game Boy, uh, the original Game Boy, and then the Game Boy Advance yeah. through the DSs and everything else. Sony needs a Sony needs something that's their own. Microsoft, I don't think, is going to be building a. If they do build a, and we've talked yeah. about it, a mobile device, it is going to be more of an Xbox Game Pass streaming machine than it will be a handheld. I think console. others will build it for them, right? Because the, if they get, if they put a good enough app out there, just like what uh, Asus, that uh, ally that they just are going to be releasing, that's a perfect example. Now, they did partner with them, so it's kind of like them releasing it. But if they just need to make their app work best. They need to make it to where it's the smoothest, the streaming works perfect. And 
all these companies will end up building the device for them. Now, I think Sony has such a poor history of, of their software that they're going to have to build a, a hardware device that's dedicated to it so that they can get it running optimally because their service isn't that great. So the rumor from Inside Gaming confirms that the device is codenamed Q-Lite. That's the internal name. It's in QA phases of development, but it does not have a specific cloud streaming focus. Now, that doesn't mean that it's not going to support cloud streaming. It undoubtedly yeah. will. But this might be a Nintendo Switch style device that is not reliant and not significantly and not pushing for uh, all only streaming as an option, which you and I have discussed yeah. in great detail. While the G Cloud is a cool device, you have to tether it with a device, a phone to play it and use it outside of your house. And if you're sitting inside your house, why the hell are you going to be using this thing instead of sitting in front of a computer or laptop or a console? So this, yeah. I, there is still a marketplace for a device that can play games without streaming it. Um, and Sony has the, maybe has the track record to, to do it. Well, and I think I think where they really could have a win is if they turn around and make this something that plays the old PS3, PS2 games, uh, probably even you know even the original PlayStation games. If you can have something that's able to play all of those old um, systems, that and you'll have a huge gaming library that will actually look decent on a little screen like this. Uh, it'd be something people would be willing to play. And then you'd be able to open up the door to remasters and having enhanced editions that maybe look a little bit better that perform a little bit better. But I think that would be a really good step into this space because all these places are looking at either how are they going to get it streamed there so they can actually have newer, cooler-looking games, or how are you going to get people to make content for a small device like this when some of these new games are pushing the limits of, you know, they're even complaining about the Xbox, Xbox Series S, you know, the, the S ones, the lower models, um, running these newer games and how they're having to you know, uh, dumb down their games to be able to perform on those. <laughs> There's no way those games are going to run on a little small device like this that's running at a hardware level. So I think bringing in those old titles would be a good way for them to get people using a device and then see how you expand it from there. Because that's kind of, Nintendo does that a little bit. They include a lot of their original games if you have the subscription. It has the old Nintendo, Super Nintendo, and, and some Game Boys and things like that. Yeah, that would be essentially an emulation device um, with yeah. with PlayStation 2 has got the largest video game catalog of any device, any system yeah. ever. Then you have um, a huge library ready well, to go and it make a subscription don't. service based on that. But see, that's the issue. Well, if, they, is I, if they don't have they all don't, the licensing to They it, don't yeah. have all the licensing for that stuff, but there's so many good series and franchises on the PS2. But games that, that are no longer making money on that, that don't have a way to make money because there's no hardware that they can still run on. If yeah. you approach them and say, hey, you've got this IP, we want to bring it into this device, so you'll make some money <laughs> every month from a product that you thought was dead, uh, yeah. you know, and you can decide if you want to spin up and start enhancing it. Uh, you, well, know, you probably get a lot of people willing to do that because their, their IPs are sitting there making hardly any money right now. Well, and, and now you've got a generation. You know, when, did the, when, did the PlayStation, uh, when did the PlayStation 2 come out? Um, came out in 2000. So at this point, it's been 23 years, right? So you've got a lot of people in their late 20s, early 30s that the 
you know, the era of gaming was the PlayStation 2. They are now have jobs. Yeah. They have discretionary income. You know, they, they can afford a couple of bucks yeah. for a device and for a game. This is the time to strike that thing. And I think that's a great idea if they decide to go that route. Um, yeah. not, there's really no idea at all as to what will come of this. It might be in QA. It might be in development. It might never come out. I mean, that's the thing is, yeah. you know, part of part of product testing and development is sometimes things don't end up making sense. So that's on the handheld side of it. And then there's a, another uh, situation in here uh, uh, that Sony is now going to make another push towards cloud gaming. They yeah. had a cloud gaming push early on. They they, yep. in my opinion, fumbled the bag. They did a really poor job at naming, explaining, and pricing their cloud gaming system. Um, yeah. But it looks like they might be making a resurgence. What are you, what are you hearing? Well, so what they're doing is they've posted 22 vacancies on their job board that are all linked to some sort of cloud gaming uh, roles. And so the senior software engineer vacancies are publicly available. Um, you know, and they said on there, they, they encourage the applicants to lead the charge in cloud gaming. So they're going to be hopefully improving PlayStation now to something that works well because that I've tried, I tried their streaming service and it just it wasn't seamless. That's one thing. Of course, it's been a number of years later than I tried Microsoft's. Uh, so maybe coming back, if they go through and actually optimize the service, part of it is putting in the proper hardware and data centers, making the infrastructure changes, and then having a really good software application that maybe people can use on their phones because that's what that's what Microsoft's really done well is making it an app that runs tons of games or connects directly to your place or your Xbox in your home uh, and gives you a lot of different ways to play. Um, Sony doesn't really have that. You can play in a web browser on a. Uh, I think if if you run Edge or something, you can play. Oh, you could open up a web browser on a system and then stream it through a web browser on your Xbox and stream. You know, it, it was ridiculous. Um, they didn't really create ways to play their system. Uh, and I think on the PlayStation PC app, like I, I heard that that was very bad. I didn't try it on there. I just, they didn't make it work well. Right. And so I think that that's where they could come back and actually make it to where, and they're competitive because they, as you said, they have a huge IP. This would be the perfect way to play, uh, emulated games, games that don't run on your current hardware anymore, but put it all under the service where you can play all the original PS2 games, all the original PS3 games, and they just have to create either emulation or hardware that makes it feel like it's running on, on platform. Yeah, they, they definitely have some options. Um, the big thing and what the battle right now that's going on, and this is not even a gaming thing. This is an industry-wide thing. Uh, uh, not, excuse me, not even the gaming industry. This is, a, this is an economy-wide thing. Brian, everybody right now is battling for your, and I'm going to call them your subscription dollars, right? Let's say you have $100 a month that you have for subscriptions. Everybody is battling for that 100 bucks, and everybody is trying to yep. convince you that their service at their cost is a better deal than these, and not even, not even in direct competition. I mean, you look at yeah. you know, all of the different streaming services from, music to uh content from uh you know, providers like netflix and and amazon and hbo and paramount then you've got the video game side of it then you've got you know just websites that have subscription services 
Patreons, all of these various things that are eating up those subscriber dollars every month. Yep. And Sony is going to have to compete with all of these. They're not their competition is not just Microsoft when it comes to streaming service. Their competition yeah. is Spotify, YouTube Premium, HBO, every other thing that has a monthly fee associated with it. And they have to be competitive. Because yep. it, they can't just come out and say, well, look at this. We're a dollar cheaper than Xbox or whatever. Buy our service. That's not going to win it because I might rather spend my money on HBO Max than I would on PlayStation Now if it looks like it's kind of a crappy deal. And you'll probably get a lot of people that end up doing spurts of, of, of subscription to it. Sure. Because let's say there's a game that you want to play and it's only available on PlayStation. You'll sign up for that for a couple of months to play that and then you'll probably cancel it. Uh, you know, so that's something they're going to have to kind of figure out if they want to deal with that. But hey, you know, if someone wants to play a game, um, you know, is that worth it to you? Or do you want to keep those, some of those off of the platform so that you don't have to worry about people doing that? And you're going to get, you know, I don't know. That's something they'll have to figure out. But I think that that will be an issue, um, you know, and hopefully that doesn't create enough instability in their product to where, because that's where Netflix and all these others have started to cut back because there's been, a lot of destabilization in the number of subscriptions. And if you've got one that only, you only have a lot of subscribers every time you put out an exclusive, that's once again, just promoting exclusives, which I'm not a big fan of. Uh, and I think it's going to create a little bit of a, a less happy of a gaming environment for PlayStations. So. Yeah. It, it not only, it not only, uh, yeah, not only might do that, but then you, of course, have got everything else associated with that. So, Streaming is interesting. It's uh, it's yeah. the it's really the the new frontier of how things are going to be done going forward. Everybody is everybody has a streaming option. Uh, everybody has some yeah. sort of subscription plan. Consumers are trying to figure out how to balance that and how much is. I mean, when you look at if if some people Brian sat down and looked at their bank account and saw that they were spending one hundred and seventy eight dollars a month yeah. on subscription services, they'd probably chop their head off um people don't realize it because it's you know six or seven bucks here and twelve dollars here and it, it adds up very very quickly um so being competitive in that space and offering good bang for your buck is what's going to need to be done here some half-assed approach like they've had is just not going to cut it it's just not going to do it yep too much other too much <laughs> yep. other too many other good services that are providing good content well now and you also have a senator who's sitting there and and he's accusing them of anti-competitive behavior because of their exclusivity deals. Mm -hmm. You know, this is something we've talked about quite a bit. You know, they, they really got caught with their pants down when they started pointing fingers at Xbox and Microsoft, and then all of a sudden realizing that they're the ones who are committing all of these issues that they're accusing. Uh, a U.S. Senator from North Dakota has, has written a letter to the CEO at Sony, and it said that, you know, he felt like he wanted to expre express concern about Sony's efforts to protect its gaming console business from co uh, competition. And so, you know, this is the, them calling out their exclusivity deals uh, and having issues with those. Um, it, there is a thing Senator Kevin Kramer uh, posted, and he had a press release about it. Uh, if you're interested, we'll have a, a link in our show notes. You can go check out the original source to that. But uh, he's and now asking or unredacted copies of all agreements that give Sony an exclusive right to distribute a third-party game, all agreements between Sony and third-party publishers to prevent them from releasing their games on other systems, all internal company documents describing the strategic rationale 
for Sony's decision to acquire Bungie. All correspondence with U.S. governments or regulatory agencies relating to video game competition. So whether or not they'll actually follow through with this, I don't know if there's anything more than a suggestion uh, that encourages them to do this, but I'm sure that's information they don't want released. Um, based on what I think I know, Brian, I would, I would tend to agree with you. I don't think they want any of that, uh, any of that stuff coming to light at all, but actions have consequences and they have decided, yep. you know, Sony wants to play this hardball of we're the victim and woe is us. And oh my God, please step in and, you know, save the government, government, save us. We're this damsel yep. in distress. The reality is Sony is anything but uh, what they claim to be, at least from my vantage well, point. Well, and a patent expert has come out speaking against Sony because they've looked at their patents, and mm-hmm. in there they have very what they call childish and unprofessional uh, language because they keep calling their rivals inferior and using all these different terms to put down their rivals in their patent claims. And he says they've been doing it for 20 years. Um I think for, yeah, he's analyzed more than 20 years and he has criticized them for the language. So even to that level, like they're just, I just, I just think it's, it shows a lot to their, what character, I don't know if it's character of a company, but their mindset and the way that they view other people. uh, And I think a lot of it has to maybe do, you know, maybe this is a culture thing that we're not catching or, you know, there's, who knows, but I found it interesting that just the way that they, uh, they, bash people even in patent applications um you know but then of course you know they, the other company is so much superior when it comes to a court case that they need the help as you said get kind of uh, opposites yeah i don't think there's um you you when you understand when you remember or, or connect the two dots that sony the video game company is also sony entertainment and sony pictures mm-hmm. you start feeling a lot less bad for them and then you also look at the sales <laughs> yeah. statistics and see that the playstation 5 is way outsold the xbox like, yeah. you just every little bit of all these little facts start ticking up and then you look at the scoreboard brian you're like it's it's 12 to 1 and you guys are the and you're the victims i i'm not, I'm not understanding yeah. where where you guys are getting done dirty in all these circumstances well hey let's um let's let's move over to another questionable legal issue and that's remember the dark and darker somebody has suggested in chat that we go and check out dark and darker and then the next day remember we reported that all of a sudden they were raided by the police (laughs) uh, and and everything (laughs) was going yeah in korea well now that they've been pulled from steam they're releasing their play tests uh on torrent and so uh you can still go and play test their their system but you need to be willing to turn around and, and use a torrent to be able to download it, which someone posted all the instructions in our Discord, and it totally looks sketchy, but it's what they're doing. And, uh, you know, this is probably isn't the safest way to do it because people could adjust the the uh, links a little bit here and there. Well, there and should be a hash on it, Who knows right? what? Yeah, but go to their website as the source and download yeah. it if that's what you're planning on doing. Uh, so there's a so magnet URL. What, this, I mean... <laughs> How is this shady? There's a magnet URL from the website. Well, but I'm saying if they change, but I'm saying if someone posted it in Discord and said, click this link oh, to download yeah, the client. That's true. Be yeah. careful of that. I'm not saying that dark and darker is you putting out scandalous things, but when you use a torrent as the primary way to, to transmit your product, uh, 
you know, people can then, as they did in our Discord post, and say, hey, here's a link to be able to get to the torrent. You don't know that that's the original torrent link. Sure, uh, so that's just true. Be, be, use wisdom. Go find the original source. Click the link there. Not saying the person in our Discord didn't, you know, we know them, and I trust them, but in other Discords, I could see this happening easy. People say, hey, here's the place to go get this, and it takes you to something that gets your IP address, installs software on your computer, does all kind of fun things. I will note that the alpha test is set to end tomorrow, April 19th. So if you're not already, if you've not already done this, it might not yeah. be worth your time. Um, I'll tell you what, the, okay. Uh, uh, and I know you've got another story on this, but before you do that, I want to, I want to go back to, I want to just stay on this for a second and talk about mm -hmm. t using a torrent. What a great idea for an indie developer who does not yeah. obviously have the money or resources to host a CDN to handle these downloads. I, yep. I know torrenting, the initial impression is, oh, torrents, you're illegally downloading, you're stealing content. Torrenting is a phenomenal protocol for things like yep. this, Brian, where you don't have to have a centralized server. You don't have to yeah. spend thousands of dollars a week on, on bandwidth through a CDN. You literally it, need it one person to have the original yeah. file and have a halfway decent seed ratio and you're in you're you're in like Flint, and it goes through and actually checks to make sure the files are the same files. You know, it, it, there right. are things put in there where you can have a hundred people serving this content out, uh, and they're all going to serve you the same files. And if it's not the same file, it'll reject it and move on. So yeah, definitely a good way to do it. Who knows? Because supposedly there's all these things happening with it. Uh, you know, I don't know what's happened to innocent until proven guilty. Um, with situations like this where really we don't know that much information. We don't know totally what's going on. Um, what was the issue? Here, this, they said that someone stole code from, from a prior company? The, from a project they were on and then released gotcha. it in this. Yeah. Maybe that happened. Um, but until there's a, a loss, you know, there's a lawsuit currently. But until this turns around and they're in a court of law found guilty that they have done this. I, I'm not going to assume it could be somebody who just doesn't like their product and is trying to shut them down temporarily and they get to where they can't continue with their play test so that the other person can get to market faster. That's yeah. a totally plausible thing that could happen. Not saying that that's what did happen, but you don't know that that's the, what, not what happened. So is it fair to shut down this company, a company a hundred percent during the, the, the pre-trial phases and, figuring out what's happened. You know, maybe the government is, but it doesn't sound like the government's come in and said, you need to cease and desist because if they're still continuing, right, it sounds like they just came in and got information so that they could press charges possibly. Well, press the charges, take it to court. If they ended up doing something, you'll be able to shut them down. But should you stop them from doing any kind of play testing up to that point? Not necessarily because you haven't proven that they've done anything wrong yet. I'd like to quote uh, one of my one of my personal heroes, Brian. Uh, she's a lady from California, and uh, her name is Nancy Pelosi. And I'd like to quote her. She's a real hero of oh, mine, yeah. and as she has said about our former president, he'll have the position, he'll have the opportunity to go to court and prove his innocence, um, yeah. because that's what that's they that's what they believe. The, the court is to for you to prove that you're innocent, not the burden of proof needs to be on the individual charging you or because alleging something mentality against you. Yeah, it absolutely out. is. Like, before your execution, if you convince me that you didn't do it, you maybe you're innocent, right? That's, that's yeah. more the mindset that they have. 
you're going to the gallows unless something intervenes. Uh, well, that's not how America was built. Uh, these, and of course, these guys are in, in South Korea, so it's a little bit different than here. But the whole innocent until proven guilty thing is what I try to maintain here because look at how many times we're always lied to. I mean, just look, <laughs> look at so many things that we're constantly lied to about and fed a line, social media, news organizations. They're all feeding you a bunch of, of lies. And, and I think COVID really brought that to a head when, uh, you know, there were certain theories that were floated around. And then, uh, you know, then you were told that you were totally 100% wrong, impossible, you're stupid. Tread you know lightly. Oh, I am. Believe me. <laughs> and then you turn around however many years later, and then it's, it's becoming apparent that you were right the whole time, right, on certain yeah. aspects. I didn't, I didn't say any specifics. You can fill in the blanks with whatever specifics you want to for those situations because it happened over and over again, it right? Did. So I think, well, I think that's just something where here you don't know the facts and no. they're going to have all these presentations in court. We'll, we'll see what happened because maybe the, it's a total false uh, accusation. We don't know that yet. So let them do all their play tests. They shouldn't have pulled them off of Steam until Steam knew because Steam is making an assumption of guilt. They are making the assumption that they do not know. Is that fair? Just like they did on Twitter and all these other places saying that you did something wrong or when we got a, a, a video taken down off of YouTube saying that we did something wrong on something they can't prove was wrong, right? That's, that's the kind of the thing we've gotten into now where you said, just like Nancy Pelosi says, you have to prove you're innocent to be able to get back out of jail. Well, no, you, yeah. to keep me in jail, you need to prove that I'm guilty. Well, you haven't, you guys don't prove that. You don't provide the facts. You just want it to be the other way around, and, and you're guilty unless something changes. Well, our friend uh, Big Woody Sauce is saying that we're sounding like real conspiracy theorists now. <laughs> so I guess the new infection. I, I, I know, is... I know uh, Big Woody too well to, to know that he he believes all those conspiracies. <laughs> we're living right up to our uh, our names here. <laughs> Speaking of court battles, Brian and uh, being innocent until proven guilty. Old Nintendo, who loves uh, throwing around, I don't loves throwing around their weight in regards to legal matters. They will. Uh, they'll sue an eight-year-old kid for uploading a video to like Facebook, uh, Facebook video or whatever, Facebook Watch yeah. with copyrighted music from a Nintendo game. Uh, but they won a pretty massive lawsuit against a website that was being yep. used to uh, pirate its uh, its games. This is a pretty uh, this is a pretty interesting one. Yeah. So you've got uh, D Storage, which is the name of the service, was liable for failing to remove or block access to pirated copies of Nintendo games distributed via, via file hosting website OneFichier, onefichier.com, which I've never heard of, so it must have been a really niche site. Um, or they were hosting so here, the files in the back end and they were being publicly yeah, displayed. They were the back end doing it, but you know, and they felt like they didn't do a good enough job, probably not responding to takedown requests, things like that. Uh, and so here they said that they are now ordered to pay 442,750 um, pounds uh, or euros, actually. Is that euros um, yeah, to Nintendo so. in compensation as well as 25,000 euros to cover the legal fees? So this is uh, not going to be very profitable for them. Uh, Nintendo is pleased with the decision and of the Paris Court of Appeals. So this happened in Paris. Wow, uh, and so... Yeah, so we will see uh, see if this changes. Who knows? I mean, th there was, I have another article right after this talking about uh, someone called Bowser. I don't know if, I don't think this is, this is like a Nintendo hacking group 
Okay. He was indicted in 2020, uh, and, but, and he was jailed last year for his involvement in that hacking group. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his, now, he is now ordered, so he was released from federal prison, but has to pay Nintendo for the rest of his working life. So, well, not necessarily. He just needs to make over fourteen and a half million dollars as a convicted well, felon. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's been paying twenty five dollars a month of his prison wages, so he's paid one hundred seventy five dollars <laughs> so far towards uh, towards it. <laughs> so, but he's got you know he's got a fourteen point uh, you know four nine 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 percent left to go, or you know a million left to go. Um, before he's able to to pay this off and have that that gone, so <laughs> they do take it seriously, and they will prosecute you if uh, if you do so, things like this. So, Big Woody Sauce is asking the age-old question in chat, and this is exactly the conversation that Kim dot com made and has continued to make mm-hmm. with. Mega it was a mega upload now. Mega upload, yeah. Mega CZ or Mega Co, whatever the current one is. And the question yeah. is: Is slash should hosting be similar to publishing when it comes to protection? And that is always what is that's always the gray area. And we we saw what the, yeah. essentially what happened with Kim.com. They forced him to. I believe he lives in Chechnya or something like that. Now he's by the way, incre- he's worth. Hundreds of millions of dollars. He is so incredibly wealthy, but he lives somewhere over in Eastern Europe now. um, And they essentially ran him out of the United States. The U.S. is still trying to extradite him. He's been arrested by authorities over there. He lived down in not Australia, but in like Kiwi area, New Um, Zealand. He was in New Zealand. He was in New Zealand when that's when some of these things happened. Oh, I thought he lived in the U.S. for a period of time. Maybe not. mm -mm. Well, but, but during that, when he was raided, that was in New Zealand. Like, they raided his place in New Zealand from whatever. So that's where he lives now, correct. But he, but he used, I, I believe, did he, ne- maybe he never lived in the United States. I could be wrong. But nevertheless, they've been going after people like him. And, and you know, you look at Mega Upload, and his whole thing was, we never, we didn't do anything. We were a source and a site yep. for people to upload content. Now, Mega Upload was one of the biggest uh, tor- one of the biggest content uh, sites for illegal content. They had over 150 employees, were making uh, 175 million dollars in revenue, and had about 50 million yep. daily downloads. It was the 13th most popular yep. website on the internet. But he was just providing the 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 storage essentially. And he yeah. still got well, uh, indicted in this case in Virginia. Well, look at even uh, something like the Pirate Bay. If you look at the Pirate sure. Bay and kind of their history, that makes a ton of money. And how it makes money is because files aren't necessarily stored anywhere with They're not. With, the, with the Pirate Bay. There's magnet links, which are just text, right? And this is where the question really comes down to. Uh, and, and I think where Ross, or sorry, Big Woody Sauce is more going towards is that is a hosting company where just text links that are not the files themselves are those something that you should be able to prosecute um, rather than going to the source. Now here he they were hosting the files. I think that's where the big difference comes down to. Or with publishing, uh, you're not necessarily giving anything away. I disagree. I, I think that I think I think with a publishing to make it more that argument, the magnet links I think is more of what a you'd view a publisher as because they're not necessarily holding the documents themselves as the source. 
but but in many cases they are, and I think that's the interesting but thing. But there's an avenue to it. He says, you know, publishing in terms that we're talking about in the case would be news or, or media. There's the infamous mm-hmm. case, Brian, and I uh, see if I can pull it up real quick. Of uh, I believe it's uh, uh, God. Who was the, what was the who was the Cuomo on um, CNN? Uh, not not Andrew, his brother, Chris. Uh, yeah, Chris Cuomo, Chris where Cuomo. there was some leaked documents, and he said that you know. You, oh, you know, these documents are are illegal oh, to yeah. possess unless you're us, and that is yeah. Uh, you, you need us to be able to decide. To, to, I to remember this. Yeah, it, I, I want to see. If we I can we, find we, we will be yeah. It, it, and this is the thing that because they were scared of people going and seeing something for themselves. Uh, but once again, this kind of starts back to our whole original conversation of information being illegal. And boy, this is, I'll tell you what, man, this show is so bizarre to me. You're my show uh, because yeah. we come full circle. This is in regards to Hillary Clinton's emails and WikiLeaks from 2016. Yeah. I think this is the full audio. Let's see. Also interesting is remember, it's illegal to possess uh, these stolen documents. It's different for the media. So everything you learn about this, you're learning from us. And in full disclosure, let's take a look at what is in there and what it means. Joining us now. That's it. That's it right there. It's illegal for it's you total to fallacy. possess these. Yes, which yeah, total it, fallacy. It, I, I agree with you. It is a fallacy. I'm not arguing that it's not. Um, the point is, there is a certain. For example, if the Washington Post tomorrow publishes the Pentagon Papers, they're not going to be suing the Washington Post and coming after their ass for it. They're going to go after yeah. the leaker. And I think that's the million dollar question when it comes down to storage and file storage. You know. Yeah. Ross says, what about Google Drive? There's a whole plethora There's tons of, of piracy that content. happens on, yeah. Exactly. And but see, but that's the thing is it's it's almost it's like everything else. It's selective prosecution. Right? It's determined yeah. that, oh, well, this guy, this Kim.com guy is kind of a, a bad actor, so we're gonna go after his ass, but we're gonna allow Google yeah. to continue to have Google Drive be a huge place and a great place for content to be or shared, at, both legal and illegal. Look, but look at Twitter pre-Musk. The, uh, tons of child porn and illegal activity oh God, that was happening yeah. on there that they were making no attempts to prevent. Yeah. Yet the government was in their hands-on saying, we didn't like how this post said something negative about this person. Can you you know, take it down for us? Uh, but, but then letting... Because that's one thing he curbed early. He walked in, made some changes, and curbed the, a lot of that content on the platform. And so I think that that's really... Uh, I think that it's just silly to think that they care about what these companies are actually doing. It comes down to politics and the fact that they'd allow child porn, but then they're cracking down on, on other things that, that they're acting like they're so serious. I think it's just sad. It shows you the kind of where we're at. And and one thing I, I just bring this up as a, as a thought, we are conditioned to think about things being bad. Right. Uh, the, the fact that we we look at the fact of, of having um, something that we view as copyrighted on there and how scary that is. Uh, it's just kind of funny that as a mindset, we're conditioned to be scared of that. Right. Does that make sense um, to, to fear something like this when it's something that history up till now really didn't even have to think about uh, having some virtual crime? Where you're not going and stealing something from somebody physically, kind of like you know the videos of would you would you print a car? Well, yes, if I could, 
Um, <laughs> and I can now. I have a maker. I have a maker bot, so, so I can. You know what I'm saying? Like they're, they're saying, would you, would you, would you do these things? Um, well, yeah, I probably would if I could. If I could print a car and it was cheaper than buying a car from a company, I probably would print a car. But it's just crazy now that they've set up these virtual walls of this is good, this is bad, and like we're so conditioned to fall into those lines. And this is a perfect example of that. Uh, you know, there's information that you can't share. Yeah, you wouldn't download a car. Yes, I would. I would 100% download a car. <laughs> yeah, why not if it was free? Why the hell not? It's a free car. I mean, talk about you want to save the environment. Let me download my car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just think, I just, I just find that as kind of an interesting mental thing, just looking at it. It's like we have these things that we now view as society. That's so bad. Somebody's going to prison or, you know, for years because they, they stole some idea from somebody when they got China doing it left and right every day in, in North Korea and Russia now. So, yes, all of those back-end points, absolutely true. China, I mean, just, I mean, China will literally take, there's a situation here in North Carolina, a company known as Charlotte Pipe, it's named after Charlotte, North Carolina, mm -hmm. surprise, surprise, China stole their intellectual property, this happened like a decade ago, yeah. they China do it all the time, their, China stole their intellectual property and branded their stolen intellectual property as Charlotte Pipe and then sell yeah. it back to the United States, Charlotte Pipe buys it. B refines it and then turns it back into their own product. That is their solution to dealing with it because there's no other way besides allowing this counterfeit crap out into the public. So that's their solution. Yeah. I'm not disagreeing with any of that. That's a different yeah. conversation, however. I know. That just that popped into my mind. I'm just looking at it. Like, it's amazing how we put so much importance on something virtual and fake. But, and and well, you know, there's people going to prisons. Not, but it's not virtual and fake. Intellectual property absolutely well, has an intrinsic value. Yeah. It should cost people yes. money, and, and I think it's okay to do that. And and I think it should be protected. I mean, there there is there is a level of intellectual property and copyright that needs to be handled. However, when I play a th five second clip on a YouTube video from a song, yeah. and then Universal comes after me and tries to put a lien against my house, maybe that's yeah. a little bit overboard from what we're trying to talk about. I'm all right with protecting yeah. copyright. If I try to download it, if I, oh, yeah. an, if I upload an I'm entire not an, song... I'm not an anti-copyright I, I know, I know sure. you're not. I know you're not. <laughs> I'm saying, if you upload an entire song to YouTube, don't attribute yeah. it and just publish it up there for free like you used to do back in 2009, then that's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> and there should be some responsibility and, and, and accountability for that. If you are actively encouraging folks to upload illegal content to your website when you're this this you know Nintendo ISO, which I, it, was, it was an ISO website where people would download, yeah. or not ISO, a ROM site where people would download ROM old site, Nintendo yeah. games, and you're encouraging that, you're, you're having a directory of all of these things, you're you're touching you're coming very close to touching the sun the the thing i say yep. with mega upload there was no directory on mega upload there was really i don't believe there was yeah. even a search on mega upload it was just I think these they were hot point links to point. these direct like links all links. over the internet that would be to download content off of off of the website so i think it's it's the yep. intent there and it's how you get around that um intellectual Our property big, the problem is we need to go after these countries because if you, if you want to solve this problem, go after China. Start pressuring China because China is, is the culprit on a lot of these things. And it's not coming down to like this song or that. But they're stealing on a regular basis from our universities, from yep. our, our companies. That, that They are costing tons and tons of money, yet it's ignored. And then they go after these individuals uh, you know, doing Nintendo hacks uh, <laughs> on whatever. 
You yeah. know what I'm saying? It, it, I go funny. back selective. It's not funny. It's selective prosecution. It's easier to go after yep. some poor sack of, you know, some poor sorry sack. An example of that's going to have to spend, you know, is going to spend the rest of his life as a convicted felon trying to pay off Paying daddy money Nintendo. For the rest of his life, yeah, exactly. And it's and it's really hard to go after China when you've got a vegetable in the Oval Office that can barely put together what what day of the week it is and is not going to stand up yeah. to our adversary. So it absolutely is a problem. It's it is it is undoubtedly selective prosecution it's enforcement of yep. the law against certain people for certain purposes and it's not just copyright you're seeing it right now where you've got a place you've got a district attorney in alvin bragg who wants to you know get his whistle wet over the former president but wants to allow gangbangers rapists and everybody else to roam the streets of manhattan and new york city it's it's with everything yeah. brian nobody there is no equal application of seemingly anything in our society right now and it really pisses a lot of people off as it should because it's bullshit and well any and even looking at look at what's happening in chicago right now where you've got just droves of of people going and, and beating up people because they're different than them. And if it happens in any other situation, you'd have one side of the aisle flipping out and demanding riots just to, to counter it. Uh, you know, and it just, but then there's no outrage because it's not targeting the group that you want to back personally. Correct. Right? It's, oh, it's just some, some lady, some, some white lady got attacked. You know, they'll, you know, what can you say? A bunch of rowdy kids where if you had a bunch of white kids hit, uh, like that, swarming onto a, 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 a minority of whatever, you know, whatever, fill in the blank of the minority, you'd have outrage, outrage. It, it, and that's, it comes down to the selective, selective outrage, selective prosecution, selective everything. And that's where I think people need to turn around. If, if you're going to be upset, regardless of what my politics are, if something happens to me and you're going to be upset about it, it shouldn't matter what my politics are. You know, I just, I think it's crazy. Yeah, it absolutely is crazy, and uh, it's it's definitely one of the things I've talked about it a lot this morning on the sh on the the morning show, and it's something that uh, that I'll continue to talk about because it's just a, it's a pretty yeah. important thing. All right, Brian. Well, uh, uh, great conversation as always. It's always amazing how we uh, traverse and somehow end up at the finish line every week. Where can folks uh, find you online? All right, we can find me at Boise Computer on Twitter at Gab Getter Truth Social wherever it is on uh, at Brian Aldridge. And so if you want to go to my website, go to infectionpod or sorry, biteoftech.com, and you can go to our website, infectionpodcast.com. And I would encourage you to go to the upper right. You know, we'll see as long as Discord still stays free and open. We'll be on Discord for a while. Uh, but in there, we've got a show news channel if you want to go uh, post some links uh, or get a little bit of a heads up of things we might be talking about on the upcoming show. Um, we also have 11 ARC servers running there uh, and the Conan Exiles and uh, different things you can do, politics or play games. You can make your choice when you enter the server. Uh, if you want to watch us, you can do that through Twitch or YouTube, also on Rumble, uploaded after the fact. Uh, also, if you want to listen to it after the fact, you can do that through the lower right-hand side. A lot of different platforms and devices that you're able to do that on. Uh, just pick which one is best suited for you. And by then, that means the show notes for that particular episode are uploaded. So you can go jump in there and play the video audio play or audio player that's built in. And then click the links to maybe watch a video see some source material on what we're discussing to make sure we're, we're on target. A lot of different reference material there if you want to use it to help append the show. Uh, also, if you want to support us up top, there's a support option or infectionpodcast.com forward slash support. 
Yes, so those are a couple of ways that you can uh, help us here on the program. Don't forget, you can also check out our Oh, yeah, shows follow us on, on Rumble, too. Yes. yes, we need to get a link to that up on the website. Um, our uh, yeah, Rumble channel where there. we've been uh, posting the, the shows as well. If you are an anti-YouTuber and uh, want to watch that stuff, you can watch the full Give video version. Uh, it's about it's typically about a day or so late. It'll come out like Wednesday morning, Wednesday afternoon up on Rumble. So check that out as well. Uh, Brian, thank you. Uh, chatters and uh, everybody watching live appreciate you as well great conversations and uh, comments as always you can follow me on twitter at nicholas m craig you can check out my daily antics at my website nickcraig.com and download the wilmington's morning news podcast there's chapter markers in the podcast um, so that you can scrub through and find just the specific portion or content that you want to uh, hear about or uh, listen to so uh, remember, if you miss any portion of the show, you can always visit our website. It's infectionpodcast.com. Thank you so much for joining us, everybody. Have a great week. We'll see you next time.